0: At the historic Brickyard, Kevin Harvick has won before, he's going to win again. Kevin Harvick wins the Brickyard 400. Brickyard 400, baby. Awesome job, guys. Great job. Awesome job. Not Welcome back for another edition of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. Happy to be here. And last week was a surprisingly fun race to watch, let me tell you. I would say that if you're looking at a race where the pole winner wins the race, most likely you're going to think to yourself that that was... Probably a pretty boring race, I think in most cases I would think that. But not last week. We had a little bit of everything. We had lead changes. We had playoff battles going on. We had hard, hard wrecks and crashes, like vicious crashes, which I think a lot of people love to see. And, um, well, when you're gambling, as long as you come up with the winner, you're extremely happy. So I gave out a few picks last week, spreading out the picks, and once again, we hit again Kevin Harvick brings home the bacon for anybody that's listening to the Full Tank with Phil podcast. you got to love it. A lot of the other guys, though, that we gave out ran into some trouble, but it doesn't matter. When you're fishing with a wide net, a lot of times it just makes it easier to hit. So um, we didn't like any one particular guy, but we did say that Harvick was very good in Indianapolis, and it ended up paying off in spades. So very happy about that. We had that backpack parlay for anyone who didn't listen. It was a bunch of... Head-to-head matchups of guys that we didn't typically see, some guys that were in the back of the pack, which is why we called it the Backpack Parlay, and it came damn close, didn't it? Anyone else that joined me on that one was uh, pretty upset because we went three of four. It was a four-driver parlay, and we had a lot of fun for Stage 1, and then at the end of Stage 1, Landon Castle, who we had beating Reed Swartz and slammed into the wall. Vicious hit, actually. A little uh, concerning but he ended up finishing dead last, so that really hurt us in the, killed the parlay pretty much, but um, still fun regardless. If I see any opportunity to do that again in the future, I am absolutely taking it, because I think I had more fun in that first stage than I did the whole rest of the race, watching these guys battle on the uh, scoring bug up top, battling it out towards the back, so... Definitely going to keep a lookout for that. And I also cashed in on the fact that Corey Lejoy beat Lanning Castle, So that was a one-off bet. I, I enjoyed that. But I digress. Let's move forward because the regular season is done and we have a lot to talk about. Because it's Vegas, baby. What a perfect track to be going to for a podcast like this. I mean, we're, we're gambling podcasts. That's what we are. We're degenerates. We're the ones betting on NASCAR. All right, when you tell your friends that they're gonna give you an eye roll and kind of look shocked, but we're going to Las Vegas where that kind of shit is not frowned upon. And we have a lot to talk about. We're gonna talk about winners in the winner circle. Maybe that's what we'll call the first portion of this podcast. Picking winners. Then we got a lot to talk about in the head-to-head section. I've been doing a lot of digging around and I'm really enjoying the head-to-head matchup for this week's edition. And we'll talk a little bit of top ten, more so who to avoid than anything else. But uh, nobody really jumping off the page at me in the top ten section. I have a couple suggestions, some people that I might throw money on, one guy for sure, uh, but more so who to stay away from. And then towards the end, I usually rant, but this time it's more of a positive rant. I want to talk about some things that I really like and things that people like us who are really getting into this this is something that you could see and be very happy about the future. So, uh, some more stuff in the news, or maybe it's just new to me. I don't know. We'll talk about that at the end. So, before we talk about who we like to win the race and our strategy for that this coming weekend, I'm going to have to start off again by saying I'm doing this earlier. This is a, another risk. So, I started off filming these or recording these right after qualifying, and then started maybe after practice, and now I'm recording this before the weekend even starts. So it's a little bit risky. I don't have the analytics on how practice goes or where they're starting, but I'm giving this a shot just because it makes it easier for me to record, and I get it out sooner for people to consume. So that's kind of where we're coming from this week. So you have to know when I'm giving out my picks, I, I don't have the analytics around practice and the ability to see what's happening there beforehand like I have in the past. But I think that's okay. I I think taking a risk, jumping ahead of qualifying was a little bit of a risk, but it paid off. Haven't had any hiccups uh, since then. So we're going to give this a shot and see where it goes. In addition to that, this is a track actually that I think kind of plays into our hand in that sense because it's not a spot where your starting position really matters a whole lot. I mean, The winner has only come from the top five starting positions 35% of the time. Decent chunk, but nothing like we've seen in the past in in some of these other cases. And the winner has only come in the top ten just under 50% of the time. So that's telling me that this is a track where you could really start anywhere, and there's a lot of movement throughout the race. In addition to that 21st or back starting position, has won the race 17% of the time. So, again, plays into what we're saying, that anything can really happen here in Las Vegas, which that's why people go there, isn't it? So to start off the picks for winning the race, I have to say that this is not a track that I am going to throw all my money in on one or two guys. Definitely going to spread my money out throughout a few different guys, just like we've done the past couple weeks. This is not a scenario where I'm just loading up on one person, like we've talked about a few weeks back, uh, wide net yet again this week. It's the most efficient way of uh, hunting when you're gambling on NASCAR. So I'm starting, when we're talking about winners, I'm starting with the entire Penske stable, okay? So I have to start talking about one guy who has the best average finish out of everyone in the NASCAR circuit right now at 8.2 average finish at Las Vegas, and that is Joey Logano. Logano is going off at plus 650 right now. That's very good value. Depending on how, you, how he qualifies, you might be able to get him for uh, even better value if he doesn't qualify that well. But I think, if anything, he's going to go even up a little bit, maybe to plus 500 at some point this weekend. He is a phenomenal racer at Las Vegas. Not only does he lead the pack in average finish, but this is his best racetrack. He doesn't have another track on the circuit that he has a better average finish at. So he's the best guy in the field at this racetrack, and it's his favorite track, according to finish. You gotta put money on Joey Logano. You'd be Silly not to put money on the 22. Now, last week I did mention now he's kind of he's laying in the weeds a little bit, kind of laying dormant, uh, and I think that's okay. I mean, last week he, I didn't take him for that reason. He almost bit me in the ass because he was hunting down Harvick uh, throughout the stage three of that race. But the 22 last season kind of did the same thing. They They sort of played it safe towards the end of the regular season, and then we all know what happened after that. They put it together, and they ended up winning a championship. I'm not saying that the same exact thing can unfold here, but I really like him at this spot. He won this race in the springtime. That is just all you need to know that he knows how to get around this track, even if you didn't look up any of the other stats that I had mentioned earlier You see that he won in the spring, and you know, okay, well, this guy knows what he's doing. Plus $650, I think that's decent enough value to just hammer it. Now, as I'm spreading my money out, I usually take whatever your unit of money is that you spend on a race weekend. When we say hammer one guy, you're probably going to spend all of that money on one driver, or maybe close to all of it on one driver. When we say spread it out, you're going to evenly chunk it out and split that up amongst everybody at an even rate. But this is a scenario where I might throw a little bit extra on the 22 just because of how well he does here and how much he seems to like this racetrack. So definitely putting money on the 22. Sticking within Team Penske, like I said, we don't have to go very far to find the guy who has the most wins out of any active driver, and that's Brad Keselowski. He won this race to start off the playoffs a year ago. And he's got three wins here overall, six top fives, eight top tens. He's won the poll here once. Another guy who knows to get around the track. He's got a driver rating of 96.1, average finish of 12.3. That puts him about sixth or seventh on the active drivers list as far as active fin- or, sorry average finishes. But when you've driven around this place as many times as he has, you know, you may fall down the list a little bit. You can't not put money on the two as well. He's also going off at plus 650. I like that value. I was actually kind of assuming that based on the history of the sports books that we were going to see Brad Kozlowski as the heavy favorite, maybe like around plus 350, just based on the fact that he has the most wins here, three wins. Um, We didn't get that. And I like how he's at 650. If he doesn't qualify well, you may be able to get him at a a better rate. Also, same exact story as Logano. it feels like we're saying. Uh, So it would not shock me if Kozlowski went out there and won the first race of the playoffs yet again at Las Vegas. You know, it just makes a lot of sense just based on the fact that Team Penske has been holding their own. They started off hot. Now they've just been kind of cruising along. It's time for them to step up. And that's gonna lead us into our third Penske driver, which is Ryan Blaney. Now, if we wanna talk about value, here's your value pick. He is currently going off at plus 2,500. You're gonna search up and down all weekend. You are not gonna find a driver at a better rate who has the experience and the numbers at this track, okay? He's the second highest average finish. Of everyone on the circuit, he's right behind Logano, just over an average finish of 10. He has finished up in the top five, just looking at the numbers here, you have to scroll down to even get to Blaney. So he's been in top five two times, and he's finished in the top 10 four times out of six total appearances at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Those are the types of percentages that I'm looking for out of anyone, let alone someone who's going off at plus 2,500. Then I want to factor in reality, okay? Because we have the odds and we have the past history, but I want to talk about reality because he's currently 11th in the NASCAR standing. So as they start the playoffs, he's not in the bottom four, you know, getting cut off, but he's the next guy up. He's the guy that they're chasing. And that has to play a factor. I mean, he's been close all year long. It feels like his car is just missing something. So I would say that, for a guy who is clearly very good at a racetrack and who would very much benefit from a win. Now Logano and Kislaski, we talked about them a second ago. They're further up in the standings. I would say that, you know, this isn't a must win for them. Like a win for them is like, wow, great, feather in the cap. But for Blaney to get in so to, to the next round so early is enormous for a driver and a team like that. So I would imagine that they're throwing a lot of eggs in this basket for Las Vegas and hoping that they come away with something. So it's another human element to this, which is why I'm throwing definitely throwing money on the 12 team and Ryan Blaney. If we want to stay on the concept of value drivers, obviously, like I said, you're not going to find anyone as good of a value as Ryan Blaney, but still somebody of value, Kyle Larson in the 42 team. I feel like I've mentioned him a couple weeks in a row now, and he is my white whale. He's going to be the guy who I'm just going to keep throwing money on every week, and the moment I stop, he'll win a race, so I just have to keep doing it. But it makes sense in this scenario. He's going off at plus 1,200 right now. That's good value. Then you look at the fact that out of all active drivers, he's got the third-best average finish at 114 He hasn't won here before, but three top fives and four top tens in seven starts here. That is what you're looking for, and plus 1,200 is a very intriguing number to me. When I'm looking at the odds, I'm kind of skimming down the list, and I'm trying to see a big name at a track that they're very good at with a decent number next to it. And plus 1,200 for Kyle Larson seems like a no-brainer. Like I said, he seems so close his teammate Kurt Bush, has already won this year. When is the shoe going to drop with Kyle Larson? I'm not getting off that train just yet. I'm sticking with him until I see a reason to not bet on him. And uh, this week in Vegas, I'm going to arrive at the 42 as well. Doing a quick transition here to a couple guys that I'm going to lay off this week. You know, I know I don't like to be negative. I'm you know typically not a negative guy. I'm I'm more of the glass half full approach. But I'm. These are guys that I'm staying away from. Kyle Busch at plus 450. He's the favorite. Not good enough value for me, for Busch. I was excited to bet on him last week. He didn't come through for me. 450 is just not what I'm looking for when I can see these other guys and how good they are at Vegas. Kyle Busch is decent at Vegas, but, I mean, he is the sixth best driver according to average finish. Now, he's got the best driver rating, I believe, which means a lot, I know, to a lot of different people. Fantasy-wise, he's probably a no-brainer. But when we're talking about to win the race and the value that you're going to get on it, I'm not going to put money on Kyle. He has a win here. He's started here 16 times. He's got one win, seven top fives, and nine top tens, and two polls. Big numbers, for sure. Uh, But I'm just not at a point right now where when I see the other things the other drivers that are available to me. It's like when you're sitting in the house and you know you could stay inside and, and you could play some video games because you know those video games are damn good. They're fun. But it's a sunny day outside and there are kids, you know, running by, maybe p- throwing the football around, playing some street hockey. I'm intrigued by that. I want to go outside and see what kind of, you know, fun I can get into outside rather than stick with, you know, what's going on inside. And uh, the video game in this analogy is Kyle Bush. I'm going to take my chances outside rather than go with more of the safer bet. Another guy that I'm going to avoid this week is Kevin Harvick. I cashed in on him last week, and just like my gut tells me, I'm going to avoid it. I don't like back-to-back winners, even though he's won this race two times. He won in 2018, and he also won in 2015. So I know that he knows his way around the track. He has 20 starts here. That's more than anybody else out there. So... I'm not saying he's a bad pick, but going off at plus 500 at a track where I see some better values and this back-to-back driver factor, back-to-back winner factor, excuse me, until I see someone go do that and burn me on it, I'm going to stick to it and just not bet on the guy who won the week before. So by default, for those reasons, I'm out to pull a little Shark Tank reference on you. To finish off, I think I've chosen four guys to win the race. I'm going to round it out with five guys total. And this is somebody who I've been staying away from recently, but I'm back in on the 19 camp, Martin Truex Jr. I've been avoiding him recently, but I see that he's going off at 650, and some books have him going at plus 700 right now. I like that for a guy who has the fourth best average finish here at 11.5. He's got a win here. He's got four top fives seven top tens. Very decent numbers. He won back in 2018, I believe, this when he was riding with Furniture Row. He is someone who also started off hot this season and has kind of been biding his time. You kind of expect this team to really take the next step forward, and it would not surprise me in the least to see them come out in Las Vegas and just let everyone know, hey, we're here and this is our championship to lose here, everybody. So, the 19 team, I'm going to lock in. It's kind of like last week, where I was kind of relieved I could finally bet on Kyle Bush. I like what I'm seeing by the numbers and the odds right now with Martin Truex Jr., so I'm definitely putting money in on him. Vegas, baby! Vegas! All right, so now we're going to switch it up, and we're going to talk about some head-to-head matchups, and I really like what I'm looking at this week. So we're going to start by talking about some value picks in the head-to-head matchups, and then we're going to end it with a parlay again. It's going to be only a three-driver parlay, but a parlay nonetheless. So a good value pick that I like going into this week is Kyle Busch versus Joey Logano. Talked about both of these guys a little bit ago. Kyle Busch is leading the season series 17-9 over Joey Logano. But for all of the reasons that I mentioned I like Logano to win the race here this weekend, plus the fact that at Las Vegas Motor Speedway in the last five years, Joey Logano has a 4-1 advantage over Bush. I'm going to take Joey Logano. He's plus 100 to the minus 134 for Kyle Busch. So if you're looking for a value pick in the head-to-head matchups, it's not a lot. You're never really going to find a, a huge value pick. I mean, plus 100 is pretty much the best you're going to do. It just depends on what driver it is. And in this case, I really like Logano. I'm all over Penske. I said at the beginning of this podcast, I'll say all throughout Logano over Bush in this scenario. Then... Another value pick, as I see it, Chase Elliott versus Ryan Blaney. These guys are buddies, and they're going toe to toe pretty much all season. Elliott has the season-long advantage. He's fifteen and eleven versus Blaney this year. But just like we were saying about Logano, Blaney at Las Vegas in the last five years has the advantage of three to two versus Elliott. So. I'm going to go with Blaney on this one. He's, again, plus 100, two Elliott's, 134. It seems like these two really shouldn't be separate. It should be kind of going off at even 115, if you're asking me. I'm not quite sure why Elliott has the advantage here. If we're looking at Las Vegas specifically, it seems like they're looking more at the season-long advantage, and uh, to me, that's a value pick, so I'm going to go with Blaney. Let's talk about some guys who we haven't talked about yet on today's podcast. And we're going to go with teammates. Let's pull up the Alex Bowman versus William Byron matchup. And if you've listened to previous podcasts, actually the last one, I declared William Byron dead to me. And I said that I would take any opportunity to bet against him. This is one of those situations. So while I may be betting here with my gut and my current hatred for William Byron and the 24 car... I'm actually going to bet with my head here as well because Alex Bowman is 15-11 and versus Byron so far this year, but at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, he's 3-0. He's undefeated, and it hasn't even been close. Byron has struggled here in his three years running at this racetrack, or at least three races. His best finish at Las Vegas is 16th overall, best finish. He's also finished 37th and 27th, so clearly not his racetrack. Now, I'm not saying that Alex Bowman really has this racetrack down either. That's why this is a pretty intriguing matchup. They're both going off at 115. Bowman has five starts here, and his best finish is 11th, so just missing out on a top 10, and he has finished dead last here once before. So uh, not great, but that dead last finish was when he was racing with Tommy Baldwin Racing, and uh, not with Hendrick. So both of these guys, not great, but the fact that at Las Vegas, Bowman is 3-0 versus Byron, add that into the fact that he's got a 15-11 record this year against Byron, add that into the fact that I hate Byron right now, I'm taking Alex Bowman. Absolutely lock it in. The next matchup that I'm looking at, also two guys we haven't touched on, Eric Amarola versus Daniel Suarez. So, Amarola has the season series right now 15 to 11 and I'm going to go with Amarola in this matchup for a couple different reasons. For one, Suarez is the only guy that I'm going to talk about on this podcast today in these head to heads that is not in the playoffs. He just barely missed out. Now, you could say to yourself, well, you know, he he's trying to prove people wrong and he's hungry, he's got to go out and do something to you know, steer the naysayers the other way? I don't think so. I, I think it's too difficult to be able to bounce back and perform after that huge letdown. I think Suarez is a lame duck for this next few races, and you take that and you add that to the fact that he's raced here four times. His best finish is eighth. He's got one top 10. He's got other finishes of 20th, 26th, and 17th. Average finish of 17 points. Not great Then we look on the other side Eric Amarola He's actually had a worse average finish of 22.3 But here's the deal with him He's been here 12 times With a variety of different owners And Richard Petty Motorsports Obviously for a while now He's been with Stuart Haas the last three times He's been to Las Vegas And those last three visits He's had three top 10s He's finished 10th, 6th, and 7th Respectively So I like the hot hand here in Vegas. I know overall he doesn't have the greatest average finish, but if you just look at the last snippet, and Daniel Suarez has been on that racetrack all three times that Amarola has, and he's finished ahead of him every single time. So I like that, and I'm going to go with Eric Amarola. I know he spells his name with an A. It's really weird, but I'm going to go with him over Suarez in this matchup for sure. So you're going to put money in on those individual bets. If you want to loop those into a parlay, go for it. I'm not going to stop you. I'm actually going to support it. But my parlay that I'm putting in as soon as I'm done recording this podcast is a three-driver parlay. So we're going to talk about three different matchups right here. And we're going to start with Kyle Busch versus Martin Truex Jr. This bet really doesn't get more fun because these two guys, it's probably not even on their radar That they're battling the way that they are. But for the 2019 season, they have been exchanging blows all season long. Shot for shot, all the way down the schedule. And right now, they are currently, once again, tied up 13-13 as the season stands right now. Which is pretty incredible. Now, I wanted to look at how they were in Vegas and looking at the last 10 races... At Las Vegas, these guys, it's no surprise, they are split five and five against each other head to head. That's incredible. So you take those two things, right? They're they're clearly so evenly matched. And then you combine the fact that they're both coming in very high up in the standings. Bush, obviously, the regular season champ, but Truex not far behind, both performing very well this year. Both have been Just so-so recently. I mean, Bush has been better recently, I would say. But, you know, I think both of them would tell you that they would expect to be racing at a higher level lately. But you start the regular season, and these guys know how to turn it up. So when you take all of that in consideration and say they're dead even, dead heat, then you look at the lines, and you see that Kyle Busch is a huge advantage Over Truex, he is listed right now at minus 162 compared to Truex's plus 120. What is that about? I have no clue how they could have come up with that line. Based on everything we're just saying, how even they are, plus 120 is screaming my name. Who's to say? I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe I lose this bet, but it's because they're so head-to-head even that, sure... It's a 50-50 shot, in my opinion. Plus 120 is the biggest underdog I see on the book right now. I mentioned a second ago, you're not going to find much more than plus 100. Well, here it is, plus 120 for Truex. I'm all over it, and it's only going to extend my odds in this parlay. So Truex, just on a hope and a prayer, pretty much. And he's got a better average finish at Vegas. I mean, let's just say that. But... I'm going with Truex plus 120 over Bush to start this parlay. Then we're going to go to two guys who are also dead even for the season at 13 apiece, and that's Kyle Larson versus Eric Jones, a very intriguing matchup. Obviously, Jones has been doing very well recently, got that win a couple weeks ago. Larson seems to be so close to it, said it earlier. I think I said it last week, and 13-13, and that got my attention when I saw that. You know, on the the site, so I wanted to look further into it. And Eric Jones has raced here four times in Las Vegas. Obviously, Kyle Larson, excuse me, is up there as one of the best drivers at Vegas. He's in the top three or two as far as best average finish. I think he's third. And looking at it, went back, did a little digging. In Jones's four races at Las Vegas. Larson has a 4-0 and record against Jones head-to-head. That's it for me. Mark me down. Kyle Larson, I, he's going to go 5-0. I know Jones is hot right now, but Larson seems to have his number at Las Vegas. It's just destiny, I would say. 5-0, and it's going to happen. Mark it down. Leg two of this parlay, Kyle Larson over Eric Jones. They're both going off at minus 115. Dead even, I love it, because dead even on the season, sure. But knowing the track history slides so far to Larson's advantage, done deal. Done deal, lock it in. We're going to finish the head-to-head conversation and finish up this parlay with two guys who we already mentioned, Kevin Harvick versus Brad Kozlowski. On the season series, Harvick has the advantage, 14-12 to so far this year. And looking at their stats up against each other at Las Vegas, so Kevin Harvick has two wins, six top fives, and nine top tens with one pole, Kozlowski is so close to that. He's got three wins, an advantage there, also six top fives, and one less top ten. He's got eight top tens at a pole on there as well. They're very close in average finish, Kozlowski at 12.3 compared to Harvick's 14.8. So give the edge to Kozlowski there. Give the most recent history to Kozlowski overall. I mean, he's racked up a win a year ago. But then when you look at head-to-head matchup at this racetrack, both these guys have been here for a while. I mean, this is Harvick's 20th race here, for Christ's sakes. Kozlowski's been here 12 times previous. But if you just look at the last eight years, so recently, Kozlowski has a 6-2 advantage over Harvick head-to-head. So again, we have two guys we are pretty similar. They're both going off at minus 115, so even odds. I'm going to go with the guy who has the most recent track advantage. That is Brad Kozlowski. I already said I liked him to win. When I come to my parlays, I like to ride or die with the guys I'm betting on previously. So mark it in. Brad Kozlowski is going to close out my parlay over Kevin Harvick. So just to reiterate my parlay, I'm going with Kozlowski over Harvick, Larson over Jones, and Truex Jr. over Kyle Bush. That's my winner. If you put that in right now, it's plus 669. If you bet 100 dollars that's you know smooth money right there. You can even bet, God, bet $5 and win, walk away with over 40 bucks. You gotta love that. Lock it up lock it in, and build yourself up a little bit of a nest egg because we're going to be needing it this playoff season, baby. I love it. Vegas, baby, Vegas! All right, now we'll move over to talk about top ten finishers and what we can look for here. So I want to just caution you on at least one person here that comes to mind to stay away from, and that person is Bubba Wallace. He had a great finish at Indianapolis a lot of people loving his soundbite, his interview after the the race was over, and people. I mean, he's a media darling. He fans love him. He does all the right stuff. I mean, how can you not love Bubba Wallace? But he's terrible at Las Vegas. So don't get caught up in the Bubba hype. All right, it was great. You love to see it, but he's got one of. He's the ninth worst finisher at Las Vegas in the Cup Series right now. So his average finish is twenty eight point three. He will not finish in the top ten, so do not waste your money. It doesn't matter how well the odds look for it. Don't you dare waste your money on Bubba this week. It's a fool's errand to go with Bubba Wallace at Las Vegas. Don't do it. One person that I do like and that I will say could be worth betting on is Paul Menard. So he's actually right in front of Bubba in the odds. So he's going off right now at plus 275 Paul Menard has the 10th best finishing position in the active Cup Series right now, 15.6. Obviously, that isn't in the top 10, but it's really hard to be that high up. So to be the 10th best guy at Las Vegas and to be that far down the list, that's decent value to me. Now, the other thing you got to factor in when it comes to Paul Menard is the fact that he just announced that he's retiring and he's opening up that 21 car. We'll talk about that in a second, but I'd have to imagine that if you're Paul Menard, you've been in this game forever, it has to be a bit of a relief. Unless he was forced out, which it doesn't really seem like is the case here, I'd have to think that it's a bit of a relief off of his shoulders to just now go out there and just lay down laps and not worry about any other pressure. He can just go out and do his thing and it's a track that he likes, so maybe you see the 21 car finish in the top 10. They got that Penske affiliation, and we talked about how I really like Penske this week, so I'm going to put money on Paul Menard to finish in the top 10. Now we go to the second half of that story when it comes to the 21 car, and we talk about Matt Tabetadetto. With him, I'm going to probably go to the other side of the fence as someone that I'd probably stay away from. So, He is going to be taking over the 21 car next year when Menard retires. He's been on an absolute tear recently. And we've talked about him pretty consistently in this podcast. When we get to the top 10 sections, he almost won the race at Bristol. So he has been doing very well. There's no denying that. But when it comes to Las Vegas, he has never once finished on the lead lap. That's a red flag to me right off the bat. Two... Now that he knows where his future is headed, he knows that he's going to be driving the 21 car next year to replace Paul Menard, I'd have to imagine that the pressure is now off of him. So we were just talking about how the pressure is off Paul Menard a second ago. This is a different type of pressure. This is the pressure that has been propelling DiBenedetto to the success that he's been having. And in this case, when you lay off of that, when you take your foot off of that pedal... That, in this case, is a bad thing because that's what's been getting him to the top 10 finishes that he's been having over these past couple months. So for that reason, plus the fact that he just straight up sucks in Las Vegas, I'm going to say no-go to Matt DiBenedetto here in Las Vegas. Now, it's pretty cool. He's driving the Barstool sports car, so tiny bit of pressure on him there because they really went out on a ledge for him, but they'll be back when it comes to Talladega, I believe. So I think I'm laying off of him this week. The last guy that I'm going to mention is Ryan Newman. He just barely made the playoffs, so he's in the dance. He's going to you know, see what he can do here, and he's got a pretty decent track history at Las Vegas. He started here 20 times. His average finish is 15.9, so he's up there with the best of them here. He's just outside of the top 10 when it comes to average finishes at Las Vegas. So Newman is someone that I'm not going to give out in the podcast, I have to wait and see with Newman. I have to see what his odds are when race day comes around. So Sunday night here on the East Coast, I'm going to see what the odds are with him and see how he's been practicing to, to make a judgment call in there. He's finished in the top five four times in his time at Las Vegas, so he's just an anomaly to me. I'm interested to see what it does, what just barely making it into the playoffs as the 16th seed does to someone. And I'll be paying attention for these next three races to to really follow Newman closely to see how he reacts. I mean, we know that he can drive a race car. It's, does he now feel relief and backs off, just like we talked about a second ago with the 95? Or, does it push him forward? And now that he's in the dance, he can go for it and take risks and make, you know, good decisions. Uh, So, we'll see about that. I'm going to hold off on him. And that's how we're going to wrap up the betting portion of the podcast. So we're going to finish it off once again with another rant here at the end of the podcast. And this time, though, like I said at the beginning of the show, it's not something really negative. It's actually something that I'm really encouraged to see over this past week. So for starters, I want to talk about how Fox is putting their foot in the sports book game. Very interesting to see this. So they're advertising all over my social media. Obviously, they know their target market. But they're creating a book, sports book called Fox Bet. And they're not hiding it. They are all over. They're putting their personalities in the front of this advertisement. You're seeing the Carissa Thompsons, you're seeing the Colin Cowherds promoting this app. And I clicked into it. I didn't sign up for it yet. But they are the same as everybody else. I mean, they're trying to stand out as far as how easy to use their app is, but it's a sports book. And I'm surprised that Fox Network is getting into this game. It makes me very interested to see after they get a little bit of momentum here in you know the fall, coming into wintertime, if they will start to implement their sports betting on their app into the coverage of their sports. And as we know, what's one of the biggest jewels that Fox Sports has? It's the Daytona 500. So I am very excited to follow along the journey that Fox Sports has coming up with this Fox bet thing. I mean, I looked at it. I looked at the odds. They're very similar. They have the same amount of bets that all the other sports books that I follow have. They've got NASCAR on there. They've got, you know, the top tens, the head-to-head matchups, everything that we've talked about on here and more. So that is intriguing to me, and it's encouraging that such a big name in television is actually tipping their toe into this water. It, it's awesome to see, and it just proves that this is the way of the world moving forward in the future. You're going to see more and more of this. Now, something not as hardcore as, you know, sports betting and opening up a sports book, but something else that I saw this past week is NBC. So I think NBC, they're not as bold as Fox putting out their own sports book, but they've been doing this, I guess, for a little while now, and they have have an app called NBC Sports Predictor, and you're able to essentially make prop bets It's not the same as you know the bets that we're talking about where you're putting up your own money. It's actually free to play. Um, It's almost it teeters on the line of sports betting and fantasy sports, but to me it seems pretty cool. And they have football, they have Premier League soccer, and they have NASCAR. And with NASCAR. They present you with multiple options. So they present you with four drivers for stage one, who's going to do the best in stage one. Same with stage two, same with stage three. Then you have to choose the top three drivers to finish the race. And if you get all of those perfect, you qualify for 50 grand. And it's a rolling number. So if no one hits, it keeps going up which is pretty cool. I mean, it's free to play. Why the hell not? You're sitting on the can, fill it out, you know, while you're at work. What the hell's the difference? It's free. doesn't matter. Um, This is intriguing to me, and, and they have similar stuff, like I said, for soccer and football, but this is intriguing to me because now you have two television companies putting together these apps. One's a sports book. One is a, you know, fake little fantasy slash prop betting app, which is just the gateway drug to a sports app, excuse me, a sports book. So they seem like NBC is on the same path that Fox is. And it just keeps proving the point that we're getting to a spot where this is just going to be regular across the country. Everyone's going to be doing it. And we are here talking about it really on the ground floor, just trying to keep getting the word out, making something like betting on NASCAR, Just kind of the the normal thing. So that's it. No negative rant this week. All positive. I'm loving what I'm seeing out there. And we can only hope that it's just going to get better. So go out. Take my winners. Take that parlay. Those head-to-head matchups. Maybe sprinkle in a little top ten. And get yourself a good payday to kick off the playoff season. And we'll see you next time.